Hello again, dear listeners. Welcome to Re-Educating Dad, the podcast we do on a weekly basis. It's a cross-generational talk show between daddy and daughter. I, of course, am the daddy, Tony Co or Big Tone, and I, as ever today, I'm joined by my lovely daughter, Tony Cobrooker, better known as Little Tone, who seems to be getting quite a following. I get people calling me from America referring to, oh, Little Tone said this and Little Tone said that. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you this morning, Little Tone? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very, very well. Thank you very well. It's a little cooler here in, than everywhere else in the West Midlands, but um, we're warming, we warmed up yesterday a bit. Went up to 26, and I gather it's hot in London and even hotter probably where you are on the south coast. Mm. I was thinking about going swimming yesterday in the sea. Oh, well, why didn't you actually do it? Yeah, too much effort. (laughs) I was like, nah. (laughs) Anyway, this is episode 22. I'll tell you what we're going to talk about in a moment. Last week in episode 21, we discussed left versus right, because we love doing that, don't we, Tony? We do. You do. Uh, No, you do. (laughs) Um, From an an American uh, perspective, we got a really interesting question from Laurie from Minnesota. And if you go to um, our Facebook page for Re-Educating Dad, you will see her reaction to our discussion there. She really is a lovely lady. I saw. I think yeah, you saw her input as well and responded to it, didn't you, Little Tone? I did, that, yeah. It was that really, was a question. Really... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, say that again? I just replied. Sorry, I know it doesn't... I said a... it was a very... In... I'll shut There's up. You... There. I stepped on you. I'm so sorry. Okay, so uh, thank you very much uh, for feedback on that we always love to get your feedback listeners and uh, we will take what you say into account as i hope we have shown already now today in this episode 22 we want to talk about covid again Uh, and the reason we want to talk about that is because yesterday uh prime minister boris johnson his government introduced what they are calling the rule of six. Um, dun, dun, dun. Thank you. <laughs> we actually started this uh, podcast, uh, this weekly talk show, as a result of going into lockdown back in March. So it was it was motivated really by the whole COVID situation. So we've been on a long journey since then uh, from being in full lockdown to an easing of the restrictions. And then as we are seeing not just in the UK, but generally a rise in infection rates, which is obviously causing alarm. And so the big issue, I think that the government really wanted, obviously they want to reduce infections. They don't want to get back to a situation where, our health service might be in danger of being overwhelmed. We're a long way from that, thankfully. But the beginnings of that, of course, are an increase in infection rates, and we're seeing that. And I think they've been having discussions with the police, and the police were saying, you know, if you want us to do something about this, the rules have got to be understandable. 
And I think you've heard me in previous episodes, uh, uh, both Lil Tone and I discuss how difficult to fathom the rules have been with all kinds of exemptions. Should I do this? One day I can do this. One day I can't do it. And it was really very confusing. So I think the rule of six is a very simple rule, whether it's outdoor or indoor. Generally speaking, you can't meet. We can't meet in groups of more than six. Uh, so what do you feel about this whole change, Lil Tone, from the younger generational perspective? I haven't read The Rule of Six. You haven't read it? No. Okay. Well, what do you understand it to me? I don't, I don't know anything about it. So I, oh, okay. I mean, so, so we're not allowed to meet with anyone. We're not allowed to meet with more than five other people inside a house Correct. or part of a house that's correct with with some exceptions yeah that um, with some exceptions i mean i don't have any um, objection to that at all great so i mean i think it's a i think it's a step in the right direction because the rules were really un, unenforceable before uh because they were just too vague for the for, now at least the police can go into these parties where there are you know often 50 100 people um, clearly not social distancing and so on, and they can impose signif very significant fines and confiscate people's equipment like music equipment and that sort of thing. So I, <laughs> I'm sure that you're not going to be breaking any rules. I think you take this situation very seriously. I do. I mean, I do, I do think it's going to be really tough for parents of small children because, you know, a, you know from a social aspect it's really important for children to be around other children and I think lockdown's been really tricky for young well for kids in general being stuck inside or not being able to socialize with their schoolmates and stuff like that but also support for parents and single parents and stuff like that I think that people get a lot out of being able to kind of support each other and have play dates and stuff so I think it's going to be tricky for for some people I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the question of children because in talking to my friends um, uh, about uh, the rule of six and their reaction to it, uh, they seem to be under the impression that children and babies are not counted. Well, that is not the case. Children and babies are counted as one in the rule of six. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, the, the problem is that the government have, sorry to interrupt you, but no? they have perpetually put out that this isn't a disease that affects babies and children so people think that it's okay to send their children off to school or to go on play dates of loads and loads of children and it's fine but children can still carry the disease they're still mixing yes. with people that are infected and they can still bring it home and make parents and grandparents and vulnerable people sick so i think again that's like a like a mistake on the government's part really to have used this messaging that makes people think that it's okay that it's not a threat to have their children, um, you know, mixing amongst other children and families and stuff that might be not as careful. The messaging hasn't been brilliant. Um, I, I, I can certainly say that. And the, we were talking last week about the American perspective, and you might have seen some of the news from there, uh, which is really uh, shows that they are that they well, they're really just 
a lot of people over there who just don't want to take the situation seriously. It's not helped by the blasé um, approach of um, President Trump, who just you know seems to refuse to want to wear a mask. I mean, I think he's done it a couple of times, but generally speaking, won't wear a mask and won't set an example. And I yesterday I heard his you know his medical guy, who's a really really solid guy. He's this guy Fauci. His name is. He's been, uh, you know, in that position as the whatever, whatever they call it over there. That I guess he's the equivalent. Uh, he's like, sort of the equivalent of, you know, witty. Uh, our, our guy, our scientific guy. So I apologise that I don't know the correct. Our, our scientific title. guy. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm being very vague. But anyway, you know, those boffin people. The health um, secretary. I, no, no, he's not a, a secretary. Would would imply a political position. This guy is a, is a solid scientist, you know, as I understand it. He looks like one as well. You know, he wears studious glasses and you know speaks in a measured way. But I mean, there was uh, he's he's contra he's sort of quite um, uh, robust in the way he's he contradicts some of the things that Trump has been doing. Chief which, medical advisor, sorry. Oh, is it? Thank you. So, yeah, so advisor. So um, one of the main things that he said that made a big impression on me is, you know, that they talk about a lot of people carrying this disease without having any symptoms. Yeah. Right, being asymptomatic. That seemed, he really impressed in uh, me with the whole concept of this virus being something that is passed on by people who show no symptoms whatever. And I think he, the figure that he mentioned was close to 50%, 45 or 50% of people who carry the disease, carry the virus, show no symptoms at all, which makes it very, very difficult. He was criticizing the approach of our government in a, I mean, in, in a very sort of low profile way in the way that scientists do. But he was saying, you know, because, you know, Boris Johnson said in his speech at the end of last week, you know, we're going to ramp up testing. We can talk about testing. I'm sure you'll have some things to say, little tone about testing in a minute. But uh, he was talking about uh, how because of the, the, the nature of uh, the people having no symptoms passing on this virus, it's very, very important to get to a point where you can test people who are showing no symptoms. And what Boris was saying is, if you don't show any symptoms, don't go for a test. But that's wrong. And Fauci makes that very clear. It's wrong. Yeah. We need to know, the people need to know if they are carrying the disease so that they can make sure that they quarantine while they're still infectious. If you just say, I will only come, we'll only, we'll only test you if, you, uh, if you're showing symptoms, that means that you're excluding half the people who are carrying the disease. <laughs> so yeah. how, can, how can that be right? And uh, I'm hearing this morning, you know, he, far from Boris saying that we now have a world-beating testing system or we're on the way to having a world-beating system, it's anything but that it's actually the opposite of that (laughs) yeah it's it couldn't be it really couldn't be much worse i mean the laboratories are absolutely chock-a-block 
you know, LBC did a, you know, an expose on it this morning, LBC radio in, in, in the UK did it this, uh, did this expose where they tried to get tests. They tried all sorts of places to get tests. They couldn't get a test. No, they couldn't get a slot for a test anywhere. And it's all well, because that's what I was telling you about yesterday, wasn't I? When I was saying that if, um, if you're in like South London, your closest testing center for taking the sample, not actually giving you the result is in Inverness. So you've got to drive something like 12 hours to go and get your sample taken. And then they're outsourcing the sample to Europe, which by the way, we've left, we've left the European union now. Europe, by the way, uh, we just need a big favor if that's all right. <laughs> Screw you on everything else. But if you could just check these samples for us, um, you know, samples go off to Italy and Germany to get to get the results, and then and then it takes weeks to come back. In which time that person's already potentially infected a load of people. Whereas yes. you could just, you could just get on a flight to Italy and get tested at the airport and have your results back within twenty four hours, or you could drive to Germany and get tested and have the results back in two hours. It's like absolutely balmy. Yeah, it's we have a messed up system. Yeah, we have to do something about the testing. Um, so I, I think that's a big fat failure at the moment. I hope that they get that right. I give a thumbs up to the rule of six because I think that uh, make, simplifying those rules was exactly the right way to go. People are but still down to Boris. People are still crying about the exemptions. You know, um, uh, apparently grouse shooting is exempt. <laughs> And uh, Nick Ferrari on LBC was pushing, uh, I think it was Pretty Patel this morning, and saying, "Well, come on, uh, you can have, you can have a, you can go grouse shooting, but you can't have a birthday party for more, for more than six. Um, and he said, "Well, maybe I'll have a birthday party at my birthday party. I'll have a grouse hunt." <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but you can all, but I, I don't. Um, I don't go along with that because I, I, you, you're always going to be able to find loopholes. I mean, it's, there's no rules that can be put in place that there aren't going to be anomalies for. Yeah, but the, the loopholes for this are like baseball, basketball, canoeing, caving, climbing, curling, cricket, dodgeball, football, equestrian, Gaelic sports, hockey, ice hockey. I mean, you're, you're not, not going to be in any closer proximity than when you're playing a game of football or rugby or, or rowing, you're literally on top of each other. Yes, I suppose. I mean? So it doesn't uh, make any sense. It's just well, it, it does make that. some sense because what you don't want to do is you don't want to, you've got to, you've got to balance a lot of considerations here. So if you just yeah. lock people in their houses, you're not going to, you're going to be successful in not having the, virus spread and that's what happened when we all went into lockdown it was really it really reduced infections to virtually well a very low level but you've also got to balance that against people's well-being not in terms yeah, of their physical these aren't low risk sports yeah but these aren't low risk sports there are some on this list which i can be like yeah fair enough rock climbing you, you might be rock climbing w with yourself or maybe with one other person you can be six meters apart whatever you know potentially with sailing definitely with frisbee you know things on this list are you can understand even like stuff like golf you can understand but yeah the other thing to say though is that they like scrumming and you know like 
yes. compact sport, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, the other thing to say about it is that those are outdoor sports. The real risk, from, from what I've heard from the scientists, is the real risk is in, indoors. Um, so I'm going to give them a, a pass on that. Uh, I think they did the right thing, and this is close to our hearts at the moment, we can talk about that. Um, I think they did the right thing in excluding festi festivals like weddings and funerals. You can call a funeral a festival. You've got to be very careful about saying the word festival. They definitely haven't uh, included festivals, excluded festivals. No, so that what they mean is ritualistic. Well, the way they the way they've defined it is ritualistic festivals, sort of life milestones like weddings and, and funerals uh, that have a sort of religious or quasi-religious uh, component. But the um, the restrictions are still really difficult like we know that it's you know pretty much down to the the venue what the rules are and i'm a bridesmaid this weekend and i have to wear a mask as i walk down the aisle i'm a father of the bride this week that yeah. trumps that trumps bridesmaid it does i just didn't know if i didn't know if you were going to say anything yes i was i, I was going to say because this is close to our heart because we have a wedding at the end of this week which is going to be subject to obviously the covid regulation we can't have more than 30 people that includes the participants the bride and the groom and i think i believe the the reverend as well um and uh but i think that it was the right thing to do because those things have got to go ahead the cut your your elder sister i should say um uh, jackie uh, uh and her uh fiance mark they are determined that they want to go ahead um and i absolutely support that decision um and it's right that they should be able to because uh, you never know in life what's around the corner even next week so uh you know they wanted to go ahead and get married and not just wait because we never know how when these restrictions will be when it will be possible to lift them but as you say it's not going to be easy is it so let's talk about some of the things that we're not going to be able to do well first of all there's going to be a lot of friends and family who well, won't be even, able with the, even with the Hindu, we we had to strip it right down to just our sis, my sisters. So there was only three people, four four of us together for the Hindu, and then moving on to the wedding, um, everyone everyone has to wear masks in the church, except the um, bride and groom. Apart from the bride and groom, um, yeah. you my sister can only be walked down the aisle by someone that lives in her household. Which obviously isn't me, doesn't include me as her father. So that is a big, you know, big setback, but yeah, there, there it is, yep. Um, the hotel in which we were going to be having like the wedding breakfast and stuff like that, essentially were, wouldn't, didn't want to go ahead with it because they were worried about the restrictions. So we are now having a picnic in the local park um after the wedding i can't think about any other rules in the church i think do we have to sit, do we have to sit? Yeah, they going you have to, to distance the other okay. 30 people who anybody who's not in the same household as you um you have to distance from so you have to keep two meters uh, apart from or if it's less than two meters one meter plus 
wearing a mask really is 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 the rule you've got to do the things wash your hands you know you've got to cover your face and keep space between you so those things all apply when we when we go to the hall um so it's like a it's like a village hall with uh the park next to it i don't think we're allowed to use the any of the kind of like musical equipment so we're having to bring our own which only two of us will manage um everyone's bringing their own food and glasses and cutlery and stuff like that and have for the picnic um we can't think of anything else it's just going to be a very different experience bring our own, yeah we have to bring our own glasses and you know because it's the cross contamination um, yes although i i do think that's rather overplayed I, I i think the you know the the idea that it's passed on very much by people touching surfaces i think i don't think that the virus from what i've heard from the scientific side really does survive very long on surfaces it's really the, it's really the respiratory transmission the aerosol that is the big thing i think that like cafes just do not understand the whole cross contamination thing anyway because Sorry to slightly divert, but like when you go into a cafe and you ask for a coffee, they they ask you to put your own sugar in and use a spoon and then put those components in a different pot for them to get rid of. And I'm like, if you'd made the coffee with the sugar in, I wouldn't need to touch anything. Yeah. It's yes. to me. Well, it's I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think you're right. I'm, you know, the establishments and their staff, really, a lot of them are not on top of this. Some of them are really on top of it, which is good to see, but it's they're in the minority, I think. So, like, we go back to the hotel to stay, and in the morning we'll have breakfast, but we'll have to be in our households or correct. in six, six or yeah. yeah, correct. Um, and uh, it's p people have said, well, if we want to meet in more than six, well, we'll just go to restaurants, we'll eat, have two bookings, and you know, we'll be two tables of 12, two tables of six, so there'll be 12 of us there. Mm. And the government's answer to that is, well, it is the establishment's responsibility to make sure that there's no interaction so um, your stepmom kiki phoned the hotel yesterday with regard to the evening meal on friday of course she did of course she did <laughs> and uh you know talk, a few things <laughs> talk to, yeah. <laughs> she uh, uh she talked to them about uh, this whole idea of of uh, whether we could sit together or how that would work and they said well you can You'll be on you'll be on separated tables of six, but you must not interact. So, you know that's a bit unrealistic, isn't it? I mean, what does interact mean? You know. Yeah, does that mean a head nod? <laughs> <laughs> but, a wave. <laughs> but uh, that's what they said, and it is the establishment's responsibility to to apply the rules. The other the other the other bit of a complication that people don't understand. I hear this support bubble business talked about a lot. And people saying, "Well, I'm going to sit on a, uh, I'm going to sit on a table with these people because they're in my support bubble." And I looked that up, and uh, a support bubble only involves a single adult household. So that's one person living alone being able to join with another household. Yeah, and I think it's just it was just to help vulnerable el the elderly. You know, if there were people are missing dad that were on their own you're right but people are misinterpreting it aren't they they're, they're, they're thinking well i can do you know I, I live with two another person or two other people and we can form a, a bubble with another group of maybe 
two or three other people, and that's not the case. I do remember when they when they start, were talking about a support bubble, and they said that one household could mix with one other household, and it wasn't just one person. This is what the problem has been with the messaging. Yeah, I agree. And now, and now our slogan is going to be "Stay alert for the coronavirus." <sighs> you know, <laughs> it's like, how can you stay alert for something that you can't see? You know, well, and then they the slogans as it's gone on, and yeah. you're ever trying to remember these new rules. Yeah, I mean that that I think is a big improvement. The new three slogans are um, face, no, so uh, hands so for washing hands, face for cover your face, and space for distance. Uh, so I think that's nice and simple, and so that stay alert business, which was a bit daft, face calm. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> so that, that, that has gone out the window. But, you know, I, I think that the, what these, all these things, these measures, the simplification and so on, are designed to achieve is to try and avoid us going back into full lockdown. Sorry, that's my doggy. Excuse me. That's okay. Well, maybe, he, maybe he want, she wants to talk. Um, she, <laughs> ask her about the rules. <laughs> She does not care about the rules. <laughs> no. uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that we will probably go back in. Well, I don't know. You you would hope that we've built new processes that would prevent us from going back into lockdown. I think that lots of businesses have found a new way have found new ways to kind of make money that lowers the risk. You know, whether that's restaurants doing takeaway and or you know like options to go and get go out and get coffee and feel like you're part of the community but also you know safe and um spaced from everyone else and i i went to i went and had my first outing in london a couple of weekends ago and everywhere that i went like the places were really really good uh, there was there was good social distancing the service was really um well thought out and I was starting to feel like, okay, we can do this. It's just going to be different. It's just going to be different moving forward. Um, so hopefully that, that is what will happen as we come into the colder months. We'll, we'll have all these processes in place. Well, yeah, that's, um, the, that's the big thing, isn't it? As the colder months come in and respiratory or you know, usual respiratory illnesses rear their head, uh, it's going to be more difficult to determine uh, without a proper test whether people have are carrying the virus or whether it's just a flu or some other cold or some something of that nature people will be uh, more inclined to meet inside and be much more you know they can't go and sit in the garden in the freezing cold uh, so the, the likelihood is that pr the pressure on infections uh, pressure uh, the pressure on the health service is going to increase it's going to become much more difficult uh, and of course, there's this whole there's this whole other thing of, you know, this big thing about people not getting treated for cancer now. That's what that's literally what I was just going to say. The one yeah. thing that's not being talked about enough, I think, is the amount of routine operations and treatment that has been pushed back to allow space in hospitals to treat people with COVID nineteen, and how that is affecting those people that absolutely need that treatment or need that operation or you know need that care now are having to wait months and months and months and we're seeing people die for different reasons other than mm. covid and i think that that 
is not being discussed enough because th this isn't in no way the same severity, but I contacted my neurologist at the beginning of lockdown and it's taken until now. So what are we like seven, eight months in to get an appointment tomorrow? Mm. And that, and, and during that time period, someone can decline significantly. So mm. if I was a cancer patient and I was waiting for a routine treatment and it got pushed back, I mean, that's, that is the difference between life and death. And yeah. so I, I think that the NHS is not working right now. Yeah. And that's a really, really scary reality that we're going to, we're going to be looking at those statistics that very soon i think of people that have lost their life due to you know uh, due to not having sufficient not being sufficiently prepared for this situation yep it's it, it's it's very it's very serious and it's very concerning as and of course so is the economy i mean you know because that also impacts people's health in yeah, a big way yeah. and uh, you know that i shudder to think what you know what the fallout the economic fallout is going to be when we get to the end of this um anyway we uh we need to bring this uh to a close now um and we would love to hear as we always love to hear from listeners their opinions your opinions on the issues we're talking about um uh, we'd love to hear also from our american friends I'd, we would very much like to hear what's happening in your country what are the rules there uh and uh what do you think about the way that they're being applied uh, there is a whole school of thought of, that says that all this is a load of nonsense we should just go about our daily lives and and uh let the chips fall where they may um i think that's very wrong-headed uh i think that uh we will lose a lot of lose a lot more people if we go down that route so i, I can't subscribe to that but we would love to hear from you um do go to uh re-educatingdad.com to be taken <laughs> straight to our facebook page where you can as uh we've told you about other people have done comment and uh share and like uh and give us feedback we would really we always appreciate uh hearing from you so uh, that's the end of this week's episode. We look forward to coming back with an interesting topic to talk with you about next week. So it's goodbye from Big Tone here in uh, Elmley Castle in the West Midlands and from my daughter. Little Tone in Hastings. So bye for now, everybody. Stay nice safe day. and keep well uh, and enjoy the precious present. <laughs>